Welcome to The Skin Reel, your guide to all things skincare, skin health, beauty, and more, curated by dermatologists and true skin experts. I'm your host, Dr. Mary Alice Mina. I'm a double board certified dermatologist and dermatologic surgeon with over a decade of clinical experience. If you're looking for real, practical, unhyped skincare guidance and expertise, or you just think the skin is really cool, then you're in the right spot. I'm so glad you've tuned in to The Skin Reel. Now let's dive in because this is how dermatologists talk skin. Hi everyone, quick disclaimer here before we start. This podcast is for educational purposes only and is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. If you're looking for help on your skin journey, please check out the American Academy of Dermatology's website, aad.org, where you can search their database for dermatologists near you. It is so important that you have someone in your corner who's well-trained, licensed, and board-certified who can help you make decisions when it comes to your skin health. Okay, got it? Great. Now for the fun stuff. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me on this week's episode of The Skin Reel. I am so excited to have my colleague, Dr. Kamunto Mokaya, also known as, or I should say better known as Dr. Kimmy to her patients and fans. She is a board-certified Ivy League-educated dermatologist and best-selling author and speaker. And she has over a decade of dermatologic experience treating not just medical dermatology, but also surgical and cosmetic dermatology. And her mission is to empower people to optimize their skin health and their overall wellness so that they can look fabulous, feel better, and thrive. And she now works at Complete Dermatology in Houston, Texas. And Dr. Kimmy is also the author of the best-selling book, Live and Look Younger, A Dermatologist's Guide to Youthful Skin and Ageless Beauty. And who doesn't want that, right? Dr. Kimmy, thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. So we are going to be talking about something that's not discussed a lot, right? I feel like we don't hear about skincare and perimenopausal and menopausal women. It's its like skincare stops after the age of 35 or 40. Pretty much. I mean, people, I, I'm glad that we're now even talking about menopause more. I think in the past, it was just a stage that women had to go through and they just had to grin and bear it and deal with their hot flashes. Nobody talked about it, but there's so many dramatic changes in menopause. I remember just learning that in the first five years of menopause, we can lose up to 30% of our collagen. And I was like, oh my goodness, why aren't we talking about this more? Why aren't we helping people realize this more so that they can be more proactive with their skincare or if they're going through it so that they don't just wake up one day and like stress out because they're like, oh my goodness, I feel like I've aged overnight. So I'm glad we're having this conversation and I'm glad there's more light that's been shed on to menopause and all the skincare changes that we have during this period. Yes, totally. Because the skincare changes or the skin changes are really, really dramatic. And I remember first learning about it. And just like you, I'm like, why Why have I never heard this before? Why are we not talking about it? So I am so glad to have an expert like you on to help shed some light. So let's just start with the basics. What is menopause? 
So menopause kind of has the technical definition of menopause is a period for which uh, it's a 12 month period during which a woman does not have any more periods. So it's, it's that, that, that's that 12 month period, but you know, there's, there's a perimenopause before it. And a lot of times people think they're going through menopause and maybe they have five months of no period. And then the period comes and they have to start from scratch. In reality, perimenopause is that period which can be from two to 10 years before menopause. And during the perimenopausal period, even though menopause is not full blown, women start experiencing the symptoms of menopause and they start having the skin changes that will be later on of more full blown when they get to menopause and the postmenopausal period. Right. It's it's not like a light switch goes off and you're like, oh, yep, I'm here. It's menopause. There is that perimenopausal period in anticipation and preparation for it. What age does this typically occur? So they say that the average age of menopause in the U.S. is around 52 years. And so since perimenopause can be up to 10 years before, um, it's usually experienced in the 40s. However, there's some people who have early menopause. 52 is just the average. Some people have menopause in their 40s. So that perimenopausal period can begin in the mid-30s. There are also a small percentage of people who have premature menopause before age 40. And that's either because they have a medical menopause, whether it is from chemotherapy or because they had a surgical procedure to remove their ovaries. Or some people also have ovarian disorders like primary ovarian failure, where they go through it early. But I'd say for the most part, many people will start having those perimenopausal period in their mid 30s or their 40s. And there's a few people who are fortunate that menopause comes much later on and it comes in the late 50s. But for sure, that mid 30s, 40s, 50s period, you're either in perimenopause or menopause itself. Wow, definitely a wide variety of when it can present. So it's important to know you're you're not, if you're having some of these symptoms or feel like you're seeing some of these skin changes, you're not crazy if you're 38. It could be perimenopausal for sure. So what are some of the skin changes that happen during this period in a woman's life? So the, the biggest skin change that occurs is dryness. And the reason why we, we, we have that dryness is because of the decline in the estrogen levels. You can kind of think of estrogen as that youthfulness hormone because estrogen, um, it stimulates collagen production in the skin. It also stimulates elastin production. When you have more collagen, you have more hyaluronic acid. So your skin is more moist and plump. So as the estrogen levels start to go down, the collagen thins and the skin also gets drier. And dryness is one of the first symptoms people see where the skincare regimen is not working for them anymore. And whatever cleansers they were using don't seem to be working or the moisturizers don't seem to be moisturizing enough. So I think dryness is one of the first symptoms people experience. And then also wrinkles can also be, uh, are also symptoms that people start to experience where they wake up and they're like, oh my goodness, I have more fine lines and wrinkles than I thought I did. And that's just because the skin is thinning and that estrogen is declining. Those would be the first few symptoms, but there are a lot more, there are a lot of other skincare changes. Yeah. And you had said earlier, what was that number, the percentage of collagen that decreases at menopause? <laughs> 
thirty percent wow. in, in the first five years of menopause, we lose thirty percent of our collagen. So it's pretty crazy, and that's why some patients come to us. I remember before I learned about this, some patients in their fifties would come and they tell me that they feel like they've aged overnight. And again, because we didn't we didn't really talk about menopause that much initially, I thought that they were just exaggerating and they're being too dramatic. But when I learned it, I was like, oh my goodness, this is such a major change. We need to talk about it more, not to make people fearful or scared, but just so that people know. And so that when people, if people have not yet experienced menopause, if they're in their early thirties or the mid thirties, they know what to do and they can prepare themselves for it. And then also for people in menopause to realize that, you know what, this is a beautiful stage. It means you've lived this long and you're in it. You're not crazy. There's nothing wrong with you. This is the skin that you now have. This is what it is. And, and we have we, we, the things that we can do to deal with it so that the effects are not so drastic. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, aging is normal, right? And if you, you know, I say it, it beats the alternative, right? Because Absolutely. if you're if you're not aging, you're not here on this earth. So it is a natural process. It's just an the next season in life for for women. But of course, we want to manage it and uh, be as youthful and look as youthful as we feel. Since people, a lot of times in their 40s and 50s, definitely don't feel like they're, you know, time to be put out to pasture. They're still feeling like they're at the prime of their life. And for a lot of people, they are. And they really are. I agree with you. I feel like maybe the media has made women feel like once we hit our 40s, our expiry date has reached. But the reality is we're living longer and longer. And so um, when we get to menopause, I mean, there are many women who will actually may even spend more of their life in the postmenopausal period than they were before. So this is just a period to embrace. It's a very normal stage, nothing to fear, nothing to be scared of. And we just have to learn how to, uh, we just learn how to, have to learn how to prepare for things and learn how to optimize skin in this period so that it's not so frustrating. So um, earlier on, you'd asked me about the skincare changes. I only brought mention to the dryness and the, and the thinning and the sagging because we're losing our collagen and elastin, but there are also more changes. Um, we haven't talked about acne yet, but pretty much people start getting acne again as if they were teenagers because as the estrogen levels are going down, the androgen levels, the testosterone levels are still stable. So relative to testosterone, so relative to estrogen, the testosterone is higher. And so those annoying teenage problems like acne can come back, oily skin can come back. And it's a little bit more challenging to manage acne in older people because at this point, well, let me not say older people, but in skin that is maturing because the acne products that were traditionally designed that you find easily in the stores, they were designed with teenagers in mind, with that oily skin in mind, and not necessarily with drying skin in mind. So a lot of them can be really harsh, really irritating. And you know, as much as I love my benzoyl peroxide and love my salicylic acid, I, I need to realize that when I'm recommending it for somebody who is going through menopause or perimenopause, I have to be balanced and I have to make sure that I am, if, if I'm going to recommend them that we have really good moisturizers or we alternate that with a hydrating cleanser so that the skin doesn't dry out too much as we're trying to help out the acne. Yes, that's a great point. It's 
not the same as treating acne when you're 15, 16, 17. It's very different and your treatment is going to change. So that's a, a really great point. Speaking of some skincare regimens, what can a woman with mature skin, as you put it, uh, do during this period? What do you recommend to your patients? So I recommend that we start at the basics with cleansing. I recommend that instead that when you look for your cleanser, look for a cleanser that has hydrating ingredients. And in general, a lot of those ingredients will be those in the class called humectants. You, you know, for the audience, you don't really have to remember humectants, but you do need to look out for things like hyaluronic acid will help you, glycerin will help you. So a lot of times they'll say hydrating cleansers. And that's what you want to gravitate towards instead of the regular soaps that just dry out your skin too much and the skin is already dry. So always start your morning and, and then end your day with a hydrating cleanser. And then also when it comes to moisturizers, the moisturizers need to be more hydrating. They need to help your body retain more moisture. So again, look for the same ingredients, things like hyaluronic acid, look for ceramides. You know, there's some nice oils out there like argan oil that are put into products that really help it out. So look for those moisturizers. And then I also recommend that antioxidants are used, especially in the morning. So I love vitamin C, vitamin E, but there are many other wonderful antioxidants out there. Care just has to be taken because some of these antioxidants can also be irritating. So I would recommend that if, especially if you have sensitive skin at baseline, it's going to be even more sensitive. I would recommend you work with your dermatologist or if they have an esthetician at the office, work with, work with a professional to help you out so that you're combining your antioxidants in the right way and you're also combining them properly with your cleanser. And then sunscreen is super, super important because again one of the other changes that we see a lot in in menopause is we see a lot more sunspots and dark spots some people with the hormonal imbalances will have melasma and so it's really really important to practice sun protection and because your skin is more sensitive you may have to play around with sunscreen some more to find one that works for you a sunscreen that you used in your 20s may not be the appropriate ones I tend to prefer physical sunscreens because they tend to be less irritating. However, everyone is different. Some people can't stand physical sunscreens because they're not as, it's traditionally, they're not as elegant as the chemical sunscreens. But I think sun protection is really important. And beyond sunscreen, we should do things like wearing hats, broad-rimmed hats. We should embrace nice broad sunglasses, clothing that has UV protection. And we should also know when to get out and I think in, in menopause and perimenopause, sun protection becomes really, really critical so that we can preserve that collagen that we know is going to decline in those first five years of menopause. That's right. Yeah. Prevention is so key. There are so many great treatments we can do, but really nothing beats prevention or uh, slowing it as much as possible, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, we get this, I'm sure you get this question all the time too. What's the best sunscreen to use or what's uh, what's the best moisturizer? And it, there really isn't a one size fits all. You really uh, need to see what you like. If you don't like how it feels on your skin, you're not going to use it. And then it's not going to be a great sunscreen, even if everyone else likes it and, and recommends it. So, you know, making sure it's SPF 30 or higher and covers UVA and UVB wavelengths. That's really going to be the best one. 
Great, I absolutely great. agree with you. I wish I could tell patients what best sunscreen to use because I literally get that question every single day. But at some point, some homework has to be done and it just has to be trial and error. And I'd say once you find something that works for you, you could either stick with it or if you're adventurous and you want to keep on trying to optimize, keep trying. But there's really no best sunscreen. And there's so many skin types out there, so many skin tones. So it's really a personal thing. And it's a frustrating answer because patients just want us to hand sunscreens to them but the reality is it's trial and error and of course there's some brands that work better many dermatology offices have sunscreens that they dispense that they know many patients like but it's still trial and error that's yeah great great advice and i've found even now i'm in my early 40s my skin i notice my skin changing my skin is not the same as when i was in my 20s and even my 30s. So uh, what worked yesterday may not work today for your skin. And that's okay. Again, it's just seasons of life and you uh, modify and adjust and work with what you have. Absolutely. What can a patient come and see you? Are there in-office procedures you can offer? Oh, there are a lot of in-office procedures ranging from, you know, very minimally invasive to more invasive ones. Um, so for dermatologists, toxins, we love to to inject toxins like Botox, neurotoxins. They work really well to relax the muscles um, that, you know, when the skin thins, the, the underlying muscles are more prominent. And so when people make facial expressions, like, uh, you know, the, when they frown and make those 11 lines or then smile and have those gross feet, we can do toxins to relax them. So I love toxins. Fillers are wonderful procedures to kind of fill in to help to lift up the sagging that's occurred naturally. Naturally. And for people who don't want microneedling is also an excellent procedure that we do to stimulate collagen production. We can do chemical peels, this radio frequency ultrasounds. There are many lasers to either address the redness, the rosacea that can be seen that can be worsened with hot flashes. Um, there are lasers to address the dark spots. So there are many, many limitless options. And so if you're a patient who's gotten a, you've dialed in on your skincare regimen and you're using the best regimen and it's not fully working, don't be embarrassed and don't be scared to go to dermatologists. There are so many options out there that there's bound to be one that suits your preferences and suits your budget that will give you results. The important thing is do go to a board certified dermatologist because um, not to bash med spas and other practitioners out there, but dermatologists are the skin experts. We spent a lot of time learning skin. We know every, well, we know skin intimately. So we can help you out without shortcuts. And a lot of times we recommend things like when I have patients who come to me, sometimes there are procedures that I recommend that I don't do myself. And we are more likely to give unbiased information and to give what's best for you, even when it doesn't help us financially, because sometimes we recommend things that we don't offer. So I would say definitely go to your board certified dermatologist and get your skincare consultation, especially in the perimenopausal and the menopausal phases. And then maybe later on, they can, after they do the consult, they can hand you over to the esthetician or recommend other people, but at least see your dermatologist. And even if not for cosmetic procedures, at least for a skin check, because it's it's around that age that we also start seeing pre-skin cancers and skin cancers appearing in people more frequently. Yeah, all really, really good advice. Your dermatologist can be sort of the, the quarterback who kind of helps you out 
make sure your skincare is optimized and that there's nothing else going on with your skin and then can re- make recommendations on, you know, kind of the fun stuff, cosmetic procedures, if that's something you're interested in. And again, it may not be. So um, I do think that a little bit along the way is a good uh way to think about things. That way you don't wake up one day and feel like, oh my gosh, I need to do all these things and it's expensive. And sometimes little tweaks along the way can uh, be really impactful. I think a lot of women are worried, oh, I'm going to look fake or weird or a a balloon face. And uh, it, it really can be done in a natural way. But to your point, make sure you're seeing someone who really is trained to do these procedures uh, like a board-certified dermatologist. What are your thoughts? Well, a, a couple of things I want to ask you. I haven't heard you mention a vitamin A cream like a retinoid or a retinol. What are your thoughts on that at this stage of life? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm sorry we didn't even get to that. I think I talked about the morning regimen and we didn't get to the evening regimen. I'm a a big, big fan of retinols and retinoids. Um, Retinoids, like the prescription one, tretinoin, they're very well studied and documented to help. So they will help out with a lot of the skin problems you're experiencing. They help with, they simulate collagen production. Also with an even pigmentation, your retinoids will help to even out the pigmentation gradually with time. Retinoids also um, with prolonged use can reduce the occurrences of pre-skin cancers. They help out with acne. So I definitely recommend retinoids, but what I would just caution is because the skin is also getting drier in perimenopause and in the menopausal period, you have to be very strategic and careful with the way you're applying your retinol or your retinoids, your prescription retinoids. Uh, We always recommend starting slow and starting low. So starting very slowly a few times a week at the lowest dose and gradually building up a solarated. We also, for some people who are really sensitive, you can use your moisturizer first before you use a small amount of the retinoid because the retinoid will still go through. So I'm a big fan of retinoids. I think I, you know, I really think everyone perimenopausal and menopausal who can tolerate them should be on some form of retinol or retinoid because it'll serve you in the long run. It's just a matter of using it the right way so that you can tolerate it. And also being patient. If all, if all you can tolerate for the first few months is using it once or twice a week, it's okay. It's a marathon. Eventually you'll build tolerability and you'll be able to increase to a point where you're using it every night or every other night. So there's no rush into using retinols and retinoids and all, and, and the other products that will work for you. Just do it slowly because this is, this is really a marathon. And these are products that really you could use for ages. I always tell my patients about a patient I had when I was in Tennessee who was in her 70s. And she said that when, as soon as she heard about retinoids on TV, she went to her dermatologist and got one prescribed for her. She said she has been using them consistently for over 30 years and it showed in her skin. For somebody in her 70s, she had amazing skin. The skin tone was good. The pigmentation was good. She didn't have any precancers. She looked way, you know, she looked really, really good. But from a day-to-day basis, she couldn't see the improvement. It's just that for me, seeing so many people her age and seeing her, I could see the night and day difference. 
hand. So um, another word of advice for people when you use your retinoids, you may not see the results right away, especially when it comes to simulating that collagen production, but just know that it's working. You, you will see the results faster for things like acne and for if your skin is really oily, you'll see that reduction in sebum. But when it comes to that collagen simulation, just know that it's always working in the background. And so pace it out, use it gently, use it slowly, make it work for you, but do use it if you can tolerate it. I couldn't agree more. And I love how you put this. I also describe it like a marathon and tell patients, you don't just wake up one day and run, you know, 20 some miles. You, you have to train for it. You take baby steps, you start small, but you keep with it because eventually you're going to make it and you're going to cross the finish line. And I don't know about you, but I feel like I can pick out if you gave me a lineup of people and said, who's consistently using a retinol product? Um, I feel like I could, uh, with pretty good accuracy, point out the ones who use it consistently. It just gives a glow to the skin. And I, I agree, it's hard to sometimes see when you're doing it and you're looking in the mirror yourself. But just know it is working, stick with it, and low and slow is the way to go. Absolutely. <laughs> I agree with you. You can definitely tell who's been consistent, who hasn't. And yeah, you can tell who's been kind to their skin, who's had procedures, who hasn't just by looking. Obviously, when you come to see us, we're not judging you. We're no. out to help you out, but we, ju we can just tell, but we're not out to judge. So um, when you go to your dermatologist, please do not think we're judging you and thinking they're not consistent. They're consistent. We're always out to help you. Um, and we, we, we always give the best advice we can and we'll meet you where you're at and do our best to get you improving your skincare. Yeah, absolutely. Because we love what we do. We love helping patients feel good in their skin. I know I do and I know you do as well. What are your thoughts on estrogen, either an estrogen cream or estrogen supplementation? What are your thoughts on that? So as far as estrogen supplementation, I know it's a controversial topic and something that, you know, some people have risk factors like a family history of breast cancer or a history of breast cancer themselves who really probably should not be taken hormone replacement therapy. Um, as far as the topical estrogens go, those ones to me are more, are more exciting. I know that plain topical estrogens can really help um, to counteract some of the symptoms that we see like the dryness and the thinning but um the actual estrogen itself has some side effects like it can cause hyperpigmentation the one thing that people are talking about a lot right now is the um the MEP technology where it's it's an estrogen like topical that you can apply to your skin that stimulates the estrogen receptors without being estrogen itself. And apparently it's broken down quickly. There is a company working on this and it'll be exciting to see what those results are. Excellent. Perfect. Will these symptoms just continue to go on and on in a woman's life or do they ever sort of slow down and abate? Um, how long does this menopausal period last or <laughs> until you die? No, I, so I think there's also the post-menopause where a lot of the annoying symptoms of menopause, like the heart flashes, the mood changes, all of those settle out. So in the post-menopausal period, thankfully, women are more relaxed because, again, some of the things like even the memory changes, mood changes uh, have 
calmed down. However, the estrogen, the, the collagen that was lost in those first five years of menopause is not coming back. The good news is that after those, after those first five years, the rate of collagen loss is lower. It's about 2% per year afterwards. So the good news is in the postmenopausal period, things settle out a little bit. You come up with your skin routine. Again, we recommend that people practice strict good sun protection to protect the collagen that's left and then also go for skin checks because at this point a lot of sand damage starts to show up and skin cancers and pre-skin cancers start to show up the skin still remains dry but i feel like for many people by the time they get to that post-menopausal period they've had enough time to adjust and at this point they're using products that serve them product cleansers and, and moisturizers that are nourishing and hydrating so i i feel like menopause is it's that rough period that transition period but in the post-menopausal period most of the most of my patients again are very relaxed they're comfortable they've come to terms with things they've gotten used to things and this is now their steady state and again it's a beautiful period and uh, and a lot of them who embrace it with beauty and confidence you can tell that they have that glow and that confidence regardless of the lines in the skin or the dark or the you know the the, the, the things that some people consider unwanted so they, it's something to look forward to that confidence that beauty that grace and that just that 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 look that shows that you've been around long enough and you have knowledge and wisdom to give to the world. Yes, that is so beautiful. And when you have that, you look better and you feel amazing and it, it really shows. And I, I hope we see an embracement of of that, uh, that maturity, that wisdom that comes only with age, right? I hope so too. I feel like we're, we're tending more towards it. I feel like even when I watch TV now, you see more leads that are, that are people who are more mature. And so I think compared to the way things were like maybe 10, 20 years ago, there's a lot more acceptance and it's very exciting. Absolutely. Very cool. Well, do you have any, maybe three top pearls you can give to a woman who is starting into this journey of life in the perimenopausal menopausal stage? Yes. Um, one other pearl that I will give that we haven't talked about is that lifestyle changes matter a lot and can make a big difference. So, you know, we've talked a lot about skincare and procedures, but the reality is the skin is a reflection of our whole body and how healthy we are. And so if you adapt healthy lifestyle changes, it can make a big difference. So definitely watch your diet. We all like sugar. And when we're stressed out, we will, we will take a lot of sugar and carbs, but just remember, remember that those are aging you faster. And so, yes, you can have them in small amounts, but also be careful to have the healthier foods, have lots of fruits and vegetables, especially vegetables with the fibers. Even though there's that tendency to go low fat, this is the period in your life where you want to have a lot of good healthy fats. You want to have foods like avocado. You want to have foods with omega-3 fatty acids so that they can help your skin out because we are, our skin layer, we have a lipid layer that needs the good fats to build it. So this is when you should really embrace healthy fats. And then also the microbiome. I, we didn't really get into it, but also just realize that your gut health affects your skin 
skin health, even in estrogen. And if you do things that will keep your billions of bacteria, trillions of bacteria in the gut happy, your skin will be happy. I definitely say in this period, you should embrace fermented foods, whether it's your sauerkraut, your kefir, your yogurt, um, your kimchi. Try to get fermented foods that you like and embrace them and make them a part of your regular diet because that will really help your skin. I can't overstate how much modifying your diet can help you out and what a difference people going through menopause have when people are more mindful and have a healthier diet versus people who just eat the standard American diet and are not so mindful. So pay attention to diet, pay attention to sleep. Um, you know, when we, with, with the skin thinning, yes, we have the fine lines and wrinkles, but there are also sleep lines that can be influenced by the way we sleep. I would recommend trying to sleep on your back as much as possible. Or if you are a side sleeper who really can't sleep on the back, then there there are some pillows that are meant to help reduce the sleep lines. It's an investment, but it's worth it if you can get one of the beauty sleep pillows that have curvatures that allow your cheeks not to be pressed against, um, press against, pressed down in your sleeping so that you don't get the wrinkles. So sleep is important. Get good sleep. It'll help you out. Hydrate. And then also make sure you're exercising well so that you can have good circulation in the body and in the skin in general and learn your best to control stress because it is a stressful period and um, if you can learn how to control stress it won't be very stressful and very hard so those are my that's my biggest tip just learn the lifestyle changes that help you out that will help you out and serve you better that's so so great to reinforce that because you're absolutely right your skin reflects what's going on internally and all the procedures and lotions and creams, you can't undo um, all of that if you're not taking care of your skin or, or your body um, as a whole. So that is really great to, to hone in on that. Dr. Kimmy, it has been so much fun having you here and I have learned a ton and I know our listeners have as well. Where can they find you if they want to follow you or reach out? So if they want to learn a lot about what I said, I'll just make a plug for my book now, Live and Look Younger. I started writing this book in my late 30s because I learned about perimenopause. And honestly, I selfishly wrote it for myself because I knew that by writing a book on living and looking younger, I would learn this stuff intimately. But there's a lot of good information here. There's information on skincare regimens, on all those lifestyle modifications that I talked about, on the cosmetic procedures. So you can find this book live and look younger on amazon or you can go to www.drkemibook.com to buy a copy and again a lot of this the stuff that we discussed will be in the book you can also find me at social social media on instagram and facebook and my handle is at dr kemi md so that that's at dr k e m y m d and um and yeah you can connect to me there i respond to messages so i look forward to connecting with you on social media and please grab a copy of the book if you'd love to learn more about this topic yeah, that's wonderful. And, you know, Dr. Kimmy wrote that book while she was on maternity leave. So that's pretty remarkable and amazing. I will definitely leave all that information in the show notes so our listeners can find that there as well. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks so much, Dr. Kimmy. You're so welcome. Thanks for this opportunity and thanks for the great work you're doing with this podcast. Again, it's just wonderful to 
to listen to Skin Conversations by a Dermatologist. Once I discovered your podcast, I binge listened. I think I've listened to already 10 episodes by now. All of them are excellent. So for all the listeners, please share this episode and please share this podcast with your friends because it's really, really good stuff that's useful for them. So thanks again for the work that you're doing, Dr. Nina. Thanks so much, Dr. Kimmy. We'll see you next week, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to The Skin Reel. I hope it's been informative, educational, and perhaps a little entertaining. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to like and subscribe and share with a friend. Don't want to stop your learning just yet? Head on over to theskinreel.com for show notes, blog posts, and so much more. Until next time, skin friends.